God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Child, I'm waiting on the people to log in, child. This is Sarah Jakes Roberts and the girl done got a podcast. Child. I see my husband is joined. I am super, super excited because this is episode one of Woman Evolve. So just to give you a little bit of rundown, this is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and I have decided to start a podcast that is a bit different than what you may be used to hearing on our The Potter's House at 1LA podcast, because this one is going to be more about culture and society. And because it's just me here, solo dolo, I am inviting my Facebook Live audience to be a part of my co-host. So I want to welcome my co-hosts who are logging in on Facebook Live now. Uh, Just to give a little bit of background about why I wanted to do a podcast, I am like a podcast groupie. I listen to a lot of them. Some of them are very um, ratchet, to be honest, and then others are very inspirational. Um, But none of them that I have listened to, so there are some out there, and if they are, drop them in the comments. But some of the podcasts that I listen to, I just don't feel like they marry all of who I am. So like, yes, I love faith, and I love who God is, and I love dissecting scripture and being inspired and motivated. But sometimes I also want to talk about what The Shade Room just posted and what's going on in the news. And so for me, this is my opportunity to create a podcast that is kind of like uh, one that I would want to listen to. So my Facebook Live audience will be helping me co-host from week to week. Literally, they're tuning in from all over the world. I see Zambia, Africa in the place. If you're tuning in on Facebook Live, let me know where else you are tuning in from because we are going to have an exciting first podcast. So just to give you a little bit of rundown before I move into some of the segments for the podcast, um, let me see. Yo, it's 2018. What's up? (laughs) We are in a whole new year. And like most people, I have a vision for this year and how I want it to go. Um, Last week wasn't the first week of 2018 for me because I ate everything I wanted to eat. This is officially the first week of 2018. And so I'm low-key vegan this week, low-key. I say low-key because I ate Chick-fil-A all weekend. But so far this weekend, I mean, I've just been totally uh, vegan. I made like a vegan chili last night for my husband and I and kale. It it was delicious. It's good. I, you know, I like meat and, and cheese. I like things that aren't um, good for me. And so for me, um, my husband, oh yeah, the Potter's House, Denver and the Potter's House at 1LA, I believe we're all on a fast. And so we are fasting for the next 10 days. And so my husband and I decided that we were going to give up meat. And because I knew I also needed to get my life together, I gave up 
you know, fried foods and sweets and stuff, which will last longer than the fast. But at least for the next 10 days, I am also not eating meat. So I've been coming up with all different types of recipes to try and make this transition still delicious and to make sure that the girl don't end up hungry. Uh, so I'm low-key vegan. I had my first workout of 2018. Come on and bless him. Um, about 10 minutes into the workout, though, I started feeling like I would rather be fat. And that's just my honesty. And I feel like when woman evolve, we should be able to have honesty. It was such a struggle. And this, this is the thing that I don't understand about working out. For some reason, I always end up beside the person who's trying out for the Olympics. And like, what is that about? Like, girl, I know you in here, you strong, you come in here all the time, but like, do you have to be beside me? Because I'm broken down over here. My spirit was broken. I really felt like God ordained cellulite to win in my life. And um, so I had to like really just get into a mental space where I could handle being next to the Olympic Olympic winner who was my partner for working out today. So I want to turn it over to my Facebook Live a little bit. I've got Hattiesburg, Mississippi in the house. The DMV is in the building, Illinois, Springfield. They're all chiming in. And so let's start. Okay, so Rescue Eve. That is a segment of Woman Evolve that I think you're going to come to love. So for me, uh, if you've heard me preach this message before, you know that I got this epiphany about Eve. And part of my epiphany about Eve is that we give her such a bad rep. But the reality is most of us know what it's like to be in a situation where we're doing something that we wish that we would have had the willpower to say no to. But for some reason, we end up eating from forbidden fruit anyway. And so instead of making Eve like such a... I don't know, dragging her because, you know, we like to drag Eve. I've been guilty of saying when I get to heaven, me and Eve will have a conversation about the pain in childbirth and all of the things that I've been going through. But I've decided that I am forgiving Eve. I am moving forward because I understand what it's like to be Eve. And so this part of the podcast, we are going to highlight someone or something that's happening in culture that we feel like could benefit from just maybe a little bit of grace or perspective. And so I don't know, I kind of looked up and down for um, people who we could put in the Rescue Eve category. And to be honest, I didn't really come up with anybody the way that I thought I would. And that's mostly because the internet was like already on it. I thought maybe about making H&M my Rescue Eve because I just don't. I just I just wanted to help them. I don't know if you all are aware, but like H&M posted a picture of a young African-American boy in a sweatshirt and it said something like coolest monkey. I don't I don't know what it said exactly. Google, go to Google. Google will help you figure it out. But it said something about like the coolest monkey in the jungle. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't think that H&M is an American-based company. And so the internet went to great extremes to make sure that we educated them. And I have to tell you, it reminded me of this story of when my daughter, Ella, was taking a swim class. And so Ella is taking a swim class, and it's like the cutest lady ever who's helping her. And she's got all of these different tools on how to help, you know, the babies learn how to swim and become adjusted in the water. And so she's got this part 
part where she um, takes my daughter, Ella, who will be two in February. And this was this summer. So she's about a year and a half. She takes her over to the edge of the pool and she begins to try and teach her how to climb out of the pool. And they call it like monkey climbing or something like that. And so she's like, now we're going to monkey climb. And when she said monkey I cringed a little bit because I just understand historically the context of calling any person of African-American descent, you know, a monkey. But I didn't know what to say or how to say it. And so I didn't say anything until (laughs) I didn't say anything at all. Actually, I was just sitting there. My husband was there with me. And so my husband goes to get Ella out of the swimming pool and he moves over to the lady and he tells the lady, um, he bends down to her level. He's very gracious. He's very kind. And so he bends down to the lady and he tells her, you know, I'm sure you probably have no idea. Maybe you've never heard this before, but you know, it can be really sensitive for black people to be called monkeys just because there's been a negative connotation with it in the past. And so, you know, I'm sure that you meant no harm in it at all, but, you know, we're going to have to come up with a different term when Ella is in the swimming pool. And can I just tell you, praise the Lord for a boss. Amen. Because when you got a boss in your life, it's, oh, I feel a word. It's a word. It's a word coming. I had to put my finger in the air to catch it. Yes, it's a word. Because when you get a boss in your life, there are some battles you don't have to fight. And that's why you need a man who knows how to cover you. But that was for free. That didn't have nothing to do with Rescue Eve. So this is just a word to H&M, even though social media has already dragged you and you took everything down and, and you know, you issued your apology. Just like understand like we don't just the monkey thing. It's just, it doesn't work for us. We, I don't know, maybe we need to get some black people on staff. I know a few people who need jobs. If you're watching on Facebook live and you know somebody who needs a job, tell them to apply at H&M because we do need to work on the cultural sensitivity because listen, I tried to rescue you H&M. I wanted to make you the rescue Eve, but I just couldn't, I couldn't let this one slide. So hopefully next week we will have someone who can, um, be our rescue Eve. This week, we're going to leave um, H&M out of rescue Eve, though, because there's just no excuse. My girl from Erica Shanae Shelton Darrell says she was upset about it. Somebody else on Facebook Live said that this wasn't H&M's first offense, and I didn't know that. This was the first time I um, had ever heard of H&M doing anything that was, you know, racist. Um Rosie Lee said, too many people had to green light that ad. It should have, it should not have seen the light of day. And she's right. I think that we just live in a culture and environment where we have to go the extra mile to be sensitive. We cannot assume just because it is okay from our perspective that it's going to be okay universally, especially when you have a platform that you desire to reach everyone. I honestly think that that's part of the beauty of social media. Social media, when used properly, I think allows us to be exposed to other people's perspectives and opinions. Now, you're not always going to be able to change someone through a comment, and so you have to be sensitive and careful about what you put on social media when you don't agree with someone, but it should at least allow you to to see different perspectives from around the world. So um, let me see what else are my Facebook Live co-hosts thinking about this H&M thing. Did you see it? Have you heard of it? Like, what do you what do you think about this situation that they found themselves in? I saw someone who commented and was like, um, 
Their problem was with the parents. Like, why did the 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 little boy's parents allow for him to be in the ad? And I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure. You know, maybe they weren't aware. Maybe, maybe they were in a situation. Honestly, now this is a perspective. Maybe they were in a situation where they needed the money more than they needed to to educate H and M about some of the issues that exist within our culture. I don't know. I was thinking about that. Even, um, well, I don't want to give that away, but Reese Taylor, I did some research after the Queen, Oprah Winfrey, mentioned her at the Golden Globe Awards. And I found out that her husband ended up settling the case with the men who raped her for $600. So sometimes people, you know, their financial need is more, I don't want to say important, but more desperate than the need for them to do something that can be approved by everyone else. Monica Neal said, no more H&M. She said, I don't care if the tees are $2 and the pants are 7 bucks. When you cross a line, you cannot do it. Nick Winfield said, no, this is not the first offense. It was a little girl as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, child. I guess we finished with H&M, child. And Dove. Dove out here lost. H&M out here lost. Uh, okay, so I have a question for you guys who are tuning in on Facebook. And if you're listening to the podcast, leave me a comment or Facebook. I want to know your thoughts on this. Like, at what point do we have grace for when people make mistakes, right? So I'm not saying that, like, we should just be like, okay, I forgive you, H&M. But legitimately, I want to know, like, how long did our ban last? Like, at what point do we get to say, you know what? Y'all made a mistake three years ago. And I'm going to try and give you another chance. Like, is there opportunity for that or is there not any opportunity at all? What would a company have to do? This is a great topic for discussion. What would a company have to do in order to regain your support and your business after they've made a mistake like this? I'm really interested to hear that. Because, um, you know, most of the time when we cancel someone, they're canceled. There's no coming back. Katina Grayson said, we have to grant H&M grace. That's an interesting perspective, Katina. I would love to hear more about what you think. Someone said, I'm tired of people who've never been on a photo shoot set blaming the child's parents. Maybe they should be the Eve. Stop blaming the victim. That's, that's, she's got a good point. That was Jasmine. Jasmine says that uh, maybe the parents need to be Eve. Who do you think, is there an Eve in this H&M situation? Or should we just say, you know, H&M, that was unexcusable. There's no empathy at all. Because for me, Rescue Eve is about showing empathy to someone who may be uh, wrongly understood in culture. But it doesn't sound like there's a whole <laughs> lot of that in my comments. Uh, let's see. Lauren Brianna Armstrong said, I personally feel like people are making it more serious than it really is. I call my brother monkey all the time because of how he used to act. Not anything racial at all. I hate how everything is so easy to be offended by. That's, that's, that's an interesting point. Have we become a super sensitive culture in a way that anything you say you're, you're walking on eggshells? I don't know. I think that as a leader, you know, as someone who has influence, that I am even challenged myself to make sure that when I make statements that I'm trying to say them in such a way that is sensitive to everyone's walk of life. And sometimes I miss the mark. You know, we're human and I make mistakes. Uh, but I do think that we do have to be willing to also have a certain level of grace. 
Someone said, just me, but no amount of money would make me humiliate my child that will follow him long after the money is gone. I agree, but I don't think that they thought that they were humiliating your child, their child, you know? I don't think you would put yourself your or your child in a position where you feel like they're going to be humiliated. So I don't know. I tried to make H&M Rescue Eve, but it, it seemed like such a hot button. So I don't know. We've got lots of opinions on our Facebook page, and I hope to hear from those of you listening on the podcast and my comment section about what you think we can do differently. Uh, let's see. Okay, so the next segment of the podcast is Hail Mary. And Hail Mary is where we highlight a woman or organization, or if it's a man, I guess we'll say Hail Joseph, <laughs> but we're going to highlight someone who is doing something uh, incredible that has grabbed headlines or is really just making us all feel inspired to live our best life. Now, I have to tell you, before the Golden Globe, Serena Williams was going to be my Hail Mary. Let me explain, because Serena Williams just made the decision to not completely, uh, blah, 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 the devil. <laughs> Serena Williams just made the decision to not compete in the Australian Open. And I'm not sure if you guys are aware of just her career. Last year, she competed in the Australian Open and she won and the girl was pregnant. So while I'm sitting in the gym struggling in 2018, my girl Serena Williams was winning Australian openings last year while she was pregnant. What what can we do? How, how will we ever be able to live up to such a standard? So I was going to make her make my Hail Mary for this week, Serena Williams. Now check it, not because of what she did last year, but because of the brave decision she made this year. Serena Williams decided this year that she was not going to compete in the Australian Open. Part of the reason is that she feels like she's in great shape, but she just doesn't feel like she's at her best. And I just felt like that was so, so courageous that Serena Williams could have competed, but instead she felt like, I'm not going to allow the pressure to come back or snap back so quickly, make me do anything less than my best. So that was going to be my Hail Mary for this week. And I think that she should at least get an honorable mention because what a powerful, powerful way to say as a woman, you know, I know what I'm capable of because even last year I was able to win while pregnant, but I'm always striving to do my best and be at my best and to acknowledge when you're not at your best. Mm, there's another word. Did you hear it? Uh, the fingers in the air. I'm trying to catch it. I think I caught it. I got a word for you, saints. Don't be afraid to, to back away from something if you cannot do it your best. Yeah, like if you cannot put forth your best effort, maybe it is better to say, you know what, I need time. I need more opportunity to focus. I can't go out tonight. I can't afford to be in certain environments or situations because I'm trying to bring out my best. I don't know. Don't be afraid to say right now I'm not there, but I'm going to get there because I have the work ethic and commitment to the vision that exists over my life that will allow me to one day be at my best. But right now I'm not there. Like I am hoping that part of my story and part of my journey is just an opportunity for women to realize that it's okay to not be at your best. The only issue is when we allow us not being at our best to be the final say. I don't want to be so comfortable with I'm not at my best that I just decide to settle in that space. I wake up each and every day, whether I eat <laughs> Chick-fil-A for breakfast 
lunch and dinner and say, you know what? I got to get up. I got to do better today than I did yesterday. I'm not at my best, but I'm striving to be at my best. And I think that that's something that we have to consider. So yes, Serena Williams was going to be my Hail Mary, but then Oprah Winfrey happened. First of all, just Queen Oprah. Just just a queen. Can we just talk, listen, because I know she's she's just a historical, incredible figure that has probably, whether you like her, agree with, oh, Nadine, okay, I'm sorry, I'm distracted, but Nadine Elliott said Meghan Markle is her Hail Mary, and you are on the money, because listen, honey, she was going to be my next honorable mention, because where did she come from? Who knew that Meghan Markle was just going to come out of nowhere and snatch all of our edges? I just got my edges back. They're just now flourishing, and here Meghan Markle is just smiling and being awesome and just being all of the Hail Marys. Do you hear me? She, all right, Nadine, you, you messed me up. My co-host jacked me up with that because I'm trying to stay focused on talking about Oprah. And then she went in there and just threw my girl in there. Okay, but Oprah, anyway, she takes the stage. And like, so I was expecting, first of all, I'm a crybaby. So like, I like watching award shows for the speeches. It's always my prayer that somebody's going to be like, first of all, Jesus Christ. Okay, because I don't think that enough people do that when they are on stage. And so I was just waiting for that moment. And what I love so much about when Oprah got on stage is that even though I'm sure she was totally honored and and just really humbled to be acknowledged by a group of her peers. Can we call them her peers? Did anyone secure the bag in the room like Oprah did? I'm not. I'm not sure if we're going to call them her peers, but at least people who are celebrated within their own right. But Oprah gets up there and she stands in grace and class and I just knew by the way she was speaking that this was not going to be like this emotional, you know, like, I just can't believe that this is happening to me, uh, like 10 minutes of speech. Now, don't get me wrong. She certainly acknowledged that from where she came from, that this was an incredible moment. But I think that there was also this sense of, I worked really, really hard to become who I am. And because I worked really hard, I, to a certain degree, expected that one day my work would pay off. And I didn't know how it would pay off, but to be in a room full of, you know, you incredible people is just evidence that I wasn't wrong about who I am. <clears throat> Did you hear that? That has been like my goal is to live my life in such a way that I sow and I humble myself and I change and I grow and, and I evolve. Come on, woman, evolve. I evolve in such a way that I'm not surprised when, when I do well. I feel like that's something that, you know, maybe we should all try and just take a minute and, and consider. Sometimes when you've gone through so much and you feel like you've maybe disappointed yourself or disappointed other people, maybe you've experienced failure, there can be this sense of when you do do something well that you feel like it takes you by surprise. But I just want to like, I know I'm not preaching technically, but I just want to speak to someone who may be listening to the podcast or maybe you're joining me on Facebook Live. And I just want you to know that you have to come to a place where you are no longer surprised at the excellence that comes out of you. 
When you believe that you are created in the image of God, regardless of the mistakes and detours that your life has made, if you are still on this earth, you still have an opportunity to put out excellence. And so don't be surprised when excellence comes out of you. Recognize that I just tapped into divinity, the divinity that put me on this earth. And I am not surprised that excellence came as a result of that. Like, I think that that's something that we should consider. Teresa Key said, and the dress that Oprah had on, honey, Oprah's waist was snatched. Do you hear me? It was snatched. Yes. Okay. Latricia Evans is on Facebook. Y'all are getting me too excited. Latricia Evans is on Facebook and she said, no music, shut her down. Can we take a minute to talk to the composer of the Golden Globes? We're going to go ahead and give whoever that is a Hail Mary as well, because he must've been looking at everyone like, I wish you would hit a piano key when Oprah is up here giving us all of this life. No music shut her down. Now, I will say that after after that, everyone else's speech was about 10 seconds long, but it didn't matter because Oprah worked her whole life. She said, I look at all of this beautiful grace and class standing before you. I will take my sweet time. She paused. She breathed in. She breathed out. She chose each word carefully. She was goals in a major way. <laughs> oh, man. So I think, you know, to my point about her just standing there in her excellence, I see my friend Megan, she said that she stopped believing in her own capability. And I think that that is what happens to us. And whenever we see moments like Oprah, who, you know, she's gone through a lot. She herself got pregnant at the age of 14, similar to, to me. And I've always related to her because of that, even though she ended up losing the baby. But she did not allow her setbacks to change what she believed was possible for herself. So yeah, I want you to I want you to begin to no longer be surprised when you put out excellence, you know? You got excellence down on the inside of you. You're not here by happenstance. You're not random. Like, girl, when God placed you in this earth, he said that the world would almost be okay, but it's not quite there yet. And so he put you in your mother's womb, whether it was a one night stand or a white picket fence. And he said the world will not be at its greatest potential unless she is in it. And I think our greatest challenge is tapping into the belief that in spite of what we have experienced, in spite of what we We've gone through, in spite of our scars and our wounds, that excellence is still available to us. So, yes. Um, so, let's see. I'm just tuning in with my Facebook audience before I move over to my next segment. It seems like that don't be surprised when excellence comes out of you is really resonating with people. So I am hoping that that is a nugget that you take and treasure in your heart all 2018. Do not be surprised. Okay, so... We have had my rundown. You know, I'm low-key vegan. We tried to rescue Eve. We tried to make it H&M, but we decided, like, we just couldn't give them a pass. And we had our Hail Mary. Oh, I've got one more honorable mention Hail Mary. So, Danny Garcia, as I was watching the Golden Globes, I saw Dwayne Johnson come up on the stage with his daughter, which I thought was, you know, really good. Um, she was the ambassador for Golden Globes. And generally, Miss Golden Globes is the legacy child 
of one of the actors or actresses in the room. And so I guess they've gone away with Miss Golden Globes and instead they are having ambassadors. And so Dwayne Johnson's daughter was the ambassador. I wish I would have looked up her name for this podcast because I know how frustrating it is to just be known as someone's daughter. And so big ups to you. I'm going to look, you know what? I'm going to Google your name right now because I'm trying to give my girl all of her props and I don't want anything to stand in the way of that. She was absolutely gorgeous and held herself with much class. I think they said that she was 16 years old, which to be in a room like that with, you know, at 16 years old and to just know who you are and stand in your truth was awesome. Simone Alexandra Johnson. That is the child of Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia. Now, I wanted to make Danny Garcia my honorable mention, Hail Mary, because Danny Garcia, though she is the former wife of The Rock, uh, she's something like a baddie because Danny Garcia is currently his manager. That's right. Just take a minute and let that sink in. Danny Garcia, the former wife of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is now his manager. So I had to look this up because I just, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm just so used to hearing about divorces going so badly that the idea of them no longer being married but still being able to work together was just like something that I wanted to learn more about. And so evidently, Danny Garcia is, like I mentioned, the Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife, but she's his current manager and the woman responsible for his multi-million dollar enterprise. And so I just want to read you a quick excerpt from an article that I read that just kind of explained how they came to this place. And she said, Danny Garcia said that we knew that we were moving into that period of our lives the closing of a personal relationship. I was already deeply involved with his agents. I was already commenting on scripts. It was a very natural conversation where he just said to me, I would love for you to do this full time. So I just wanted to, to show her some love. If you get a chance, Google her. That's D-A-N-Y Garcia. Uh, I think that it's just worthy of acknowledging that every divorce, every ending doesn't have to be irreparably damaged, that there are some endings that are necessary so that new beginnings can emerge. And I just thought that it was awesome that they showed maturity and growth and um, just wisdom and navigating their divorce in such a way that they're still able to work together in spite of what they've gone through. So Danny Garcia's honorable mention for Hail Mary. So let's see. <laughs> Oprah was our Hail Mary. An honorable mention to Serena Williams and Danny Garcia. That, I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Toya Gordon, his ex is his manager. Isn't that something? Like, yeah. So on Facebook Live, all of my uh, friends are commenting and they're like, wait, what? Danny Calhoun said, <laughs> sis said, I'm keeping the bag. Didn't she? She was like, listen, we may be over, but you are not over. You, Your career has just begun and we're not going to let this divorce tear that thing down. You, and she kept it pushing. She secured the bag. I'm sure there's more to it than that. Maybe that's just our carnal, superficial way of saying that things worked out for them, but it certainly looks like my girl secured the bag. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, moving on to my next segment, and this one is called In the 99 Plus. So In the 99 Plus is a segment of the podcast where we are going to talk about or give our opinion and advice to someone who has slid into my DMs. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, you see that I have my phone in my hand. So let me explain. On my phone, um, on my Instagram in particular, I get a lot of DMs, like probably a hundred a day. And so I try to pop in there every now and then just to try to connect with people. I don't always get to reply to every single person, but when I do, it's always fun. And so there were a few DMs where, well, more than a few, I get a lot of DMs where people are asking me for advice or they want to know my perspective or opinion about something that they are facing. And so I thought it would be cool if I used uh, the podcast as an opportunity to answer some of the questions I receive. Because they send these to me in confidence, I'm not going to share their name, but I will share their story. And I would love to hear your opinion on things that they can do to help them in whatever their dilemma is. And so I slid into the DMs, come on somebody, slid into the DMs, and there are two people that have some issues that I think are worthy of discussion. And so I am pulling them up on my phone so that we can take a moment to just kind of reflect and offer our perspective and opinions about areas that we think could be helpful for them. My first DM is from uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to. They come up with fake names for the people, um, but I, I want to be original, so I'm not. I'm not going to take their idea, although it is a lovely one, and maybe God will allow me to be a copycat in further episodes. But I will say it's just from a young lady who reached out to me. Literally, she reached out today, and she said, "Hi, Mrs. Sarah. I don't know if you'll respond, but I need help." I've been in a toxic, abusive marriage for seven years now, and I have left my husband almost every year that we've been married. But without fail, I always end up back with him going through the same old toxic mess. I don't know if I'm not praying the right prayers or what, but I feel so weak when it comes to standing up to him and staying free. Can you please pray for me as well as point me in the right direction? Thanks in advance. So I have to tell you, I get a lot of messages like this. And they honestly, they break my heart because I know what it's like to find yourself in toxic relationships and to feel like you are just completely powerless at trying to get out and stay out and become healthy. And it's funny because we all have these visions of what we think the relationship could be. And in our mind, the relationship should, of course, be healthy and it should be a partnership and everyone should grow. But the reality is just because that is the vision we have for the relationship, that doesn't always mean that that is the reality of the relationship. And I have been challenged when I you know, have shared my story to really be honest about admitting that I fell in love with the potential of what some of those toxic relationships could be, but not the reality of what they were. And so as I was reading this, I really felt for my girl who's in this situation. And 
I have to say, though, that even when you're in a toxic relationship, that ending it is painful. Everyone likes to make it seem like if you're in a toxic relationship and, you know, it's time to walk away, like it should be so easy. But if it were so easy, we would not be having conversations like this. The reality is when you invest in someone, you invest time, you invest hope, you invest energy, you invest all of these these things into a person. So when you walk away, it doesn't feel like you're just walking away from their actions. You're walking away from the pain and and the hurt that comes as a result of walking away from pieces of yourself. And so I really do want to let you know that just because it's toxic doesn't mean it's easy to end. And one of the things that I like to encourage women who are in toxic marriages in particular is to really begin to go through the process of healing yourself. And part of that process of healing yourself is, of course, offering yourself over to God and to begin to worship and to ask him to reveal to you who you are in that relationship. I have found that whenever we are in toxic relationships, that that person, whether we like them, respect them, or don't like them, is a reflection of who we are. And so I would ask you, my friend, if you're listening, to begin to ask God, what is it in me that is a reflection of the poison that I am receiving from him? I think one of the things that I came to terms with in my own toxic relationships is that though I said I wanted a healthy relationship, though I said I wanted to do better, the truth was that I also felt like nobody else would want me. I didn't feel like I had self-esteem and value and confidence. And I believe that you've got to be able to identify why you're in the relationship. If you cannot identify the insecurity that puts you in the relationship, you will end this toxic relationship and end up in a completely different one. And so I think that the first thing you have to do is uh, come to a place of healing and wholeness within yourself in the marriage. And I think that as you look at your marriage through the eyes of healing, through the eyes of wholeness, then God will give you wisdom and insight on how to maneuver in your marriage. The reality is that you may inspire your husband to change through your own commitment to God, through your own commitment to worship and prayer. You may inspire him to change and you may be the change agent that creates a chain reaction of love and trust and fidelity in your marriage. Either way, I don't think that you can make a decision without taking a moment and really assessing how you ended up in that situation. I see so many people on my Facebook who are chiming in who understand exactly where you've been. And that's something to really hold near and dear to your heart as well. Just because you see someone smiling on social media or you see other people who look like they're in a good relationship, it doesn't mean that you are like the only person who is experiencing what you're going through. A lot of us have been there. A lot of us understand what it's like to feel like you can't move. You're not weak. I want you to know that. You're not weak. You're not weak for staying. You're not weak for constantly being pulled back in. As a matter of fact, your strength is just... Your strength is being directed in a direction that isn't necessarily building you up, but you're not weak because the reality is that there's something in you that's still fighting. That's why you reached out. That's why you sent me this message. You're not weak. You're human. And 
at the core of humanity is the desire to be loved and accepted. And you thought that you had a shot with that in this relationship and you've been disappointed. And I'm sorry. As another woman to another woman who's been there, I'm sorry that this isn't working out the way that you wanted it to. But I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, as you begin to set a standard for what you need in your life, for what kind of marriage you want to demonstrate for your children, I believe with all of my heart, as God did it for me, that he will also begin to open your eyes on how to become the agent of change that you need, how to heal your broken heart how to no longer cry those same tears over and over again, and how to take that strength and to use it to build up a marriage and a woman and a child that you can be proud of and stand next to. So I want to chime in with our Facebook audience and see what they think and if there are any words of wisdom that they would like to offer to you as well. I see so many people who are just encouraging you to pray to pray for your spouse. Uh, Chantel mentioned that her friend was in a toxic marriage and it just didn't end well for her. Chantel, I'm sorry about your friend and about that story. And I think the power of communities like this, like Woman Evolve and like this podcast, is that we get to perhaps offer someone else an opportunity that people who have come before us or people who we've been connected to didn't have a chance to to be heard and to receive wisdom and guidance or strength. Um, I'm sorry about what happened to your friend Chantel. Uh, Kim Delaney Lucas said, look good on the outside, but messed up on the inside. It happens all the time. And so that's why you can't compare your situation to anyone else's because you really don't know what you're comparing your situation to. Instead, you have to know what is God's truth for your life. You have to know what is God's idea of a healthy, whole marriage. And that is the only thing that you compare your marriage to, not what you see on social media. I don't care how good it looks or how good it feels. That is not what we are going to compare ourselves to. Um, oh, I love that Deshaun Gill said, but you're going to be so strong from it. I don't know if you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on Facebook Live, but I would just love to hear your testimony of strength that came as a result of you being maybe at your lowest. Maybe you think you were more broken than anyone could ever be. But now that you're on the other side of it, you see that those moments that you thought were, were going to break you were actually the pieces that God used to show you exactly who you are. I see Christina Hendricks said, we have to let our light shine even in our marriage. Oh, and what a challenge that is. Because sometimes our humanity shows up in our marriage and our insecurities show up in our marriage, but choosing to let our light shine can be really difficult. Helen Marie is already praying for you. She said, Jesus, be with my sister. Give her what she needs to seek you and know all that she is in you. I second that prayer. I believe that as she begins to see who she is in, in Jesus and in God, that she's really going to recognize that even this is going to work out for her good. Don't you love, <laughs> y'all know I'm churchy, I'm a church girl, but don't you love that he makes all things work together for our good, like for real, for real, like he's been there. 
Deborah Brown said, I've been there. I prayed and asked God if this wasn't for me to show me, and he did. When we pray and ask God to show us, we need to be ready. That's true. Yeah. Kimberly Sweet said, God will move once she gives it up to him. God will move once she gives it up to him. That's true. You know what? Like, I think that one of the things that can be problematic in a toxic relationship is we hold on to it so tightly, right? Like with a death grip that we don't realize that when we're holding on to that thing with such a death grip that we're not just holding on to the toxic relationship, but we're also crushing ourselves in the process. And so release it. God, what is your will for this marriage? I want to be in line with your will and your vision for this marriage and whatever it is, God, I want you to give me the strength to fulfill the vision that you have for this marriage. God, I want to learn from this pain. I don't want to just live in it and hate it and hate the atmosphere and environment I'm in. Instead, God, I want you to help me uncover the wisdom and the purpose that exists in this pain. I know that God can do it because I've seen him do it in my life. And those are the types of prayers that we have to pray when we start giving it up to him. God, I don't want a white picket fence if it doesn't have your name on it. God, I don't want a marriage if you're not the court that's holding it together. God, I don't want to be a I don't want a husband if my husband doesn't know who you are. Like God, allow me to release my idea of what my life had to look like and instead to receive your truth about who I am and what is available to me. Divorce is hard, you know? So whether it is uh, because of a toxic relationship and you feel like, you know what, God, this isn't what God wants for my life. It's still going to be difficult. But when you have a conviction from God that you are moving in the direction of his promises, his purpose, and his will for your life, it helps you to get through those moments. So my friend, I want you to try and seek God and to get his word about your marriage. And once you're able to do that, let that be the conviction you use to stay or to do whatever it is you feel like is going to be best for you. Okay, so that was uh, my first DM. I want to just read a couple more comments before we move on to the next DM. And Kimiko Griffin, just happens to be my sister-in-law, said, fast and consecrate yourself to God. Rest and repeat, and you will get your power back. Yeah, that's awesome. Kelly Williams says, during that difficult time, I learned how strong God is and how he could bring something great out of it just moved on up. I don't understand what happened. (laughs) Um, But obviously, you've got a lot of support. If you're listening to this podcast, maybe you should go back through the comments and, and just receive the wisdom and inspiration that's coming from women all over the world. Ronnie Connell, she's sharing her story. She said, I stayed for 10 years after till my son turned 18. I left. He was a junkie. Three days after I left to the West Coast, he was hospitalized. He died yesterday. Wow. I escaped leaving everything and now I'm homeless. Oh my goodness. And have nothing. What Man, there are so many stories in this blog. And I'm sorry, the Facebook Live, the chat just keeps scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. But I just encourage you to take a minute and look at some of the responses that are coming in. My next DM uh, is from a fella, okay? Because even though the podcast is called Woman Evolve, and obviously I am a woman, I thought that it was interesting that a guy was reaching out to me for some advice. And I'm going to read it to you. 
Uh, once again, he shall remain nameless because he sent this in confidence. But I think that there's something that we can all chime in on here. It says, good evening, Mrs. Roberts. I just want to say that you and your husband are truly an inspiration to me. The vids of you guys have truly blessed me and I've been sharing them every chance I get and people are being blessed. Thank you. Honestly, you guys remind me of me and a woman I am dealing with. She is broken in some ways and I have been nothing but here for her. We go to the same church. I do believe she's my wife. We just have this connection and everything. It gets complicated. She's afraid of commitment and afraid she may have too much baggage, but it doesn't scare me. It draws me sometimes, and our insecurities arise, but we just try to move slowly. We recently started talking again after a little fallout a few weeks ago. We have no obligations, but it's like we end up back to us. I'm just praying for more signs that she's for me. Any advice would be dope. Keep being great woman of God. Thank you. So, oh, and then he says, sidebar, she acts just like you, which I'm sorry if that (laughs) that means that she is uh, classy, slightly ratchet, and a few other incredible things. (laughs) But um, I love this DM because you've got a man who wants to pursue a woman and wants to do right by her, but she has brokenness that is standing in the way of her receiving his love, and she feels like she has too much baggage. So... I am interested to hear what some of my Facebook audience thinks about this situation, but I will tell you that one of the things that immediately came to my mind is that if she feels like she has too much baggage and she feels like she cannot totally receive your love, I would definitely consider slowing things down and meeting her at her own pace. It's not the Bible, but we have seen this quote over and over again, and it says, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. Marriage is an incredible, incredible commitment. And if there's one person who feels like I'm ready and I'm willing to accept you the way you are, but another person who is not willing to be accepted the way they are, that's something we've got to take seriously. We can't just assume that because we're willing to take it, that they're willing to give it. So if there's something in her that says, I'm not ready for this, then I do believe that there is wisdom in slowing things down and allowing the relationship to grow into a place where she does feel like she's ready to to be your partner and to receive your leadership and guidance and love and wisdom and to be okay with however long that process takes or to make a decision about whether or not you feel like you can wait. If you believe that this is the woman that God has for you, then allowing her to become aware of the that same belief and allowing her to have that same confidence in her spirit will pay off in the long run. But I don't suggest Now, this is just me. I'll see what my Facebook audience says. Pursuing um, a relationship with someone who says they aren't ready. Because if they aren't ready, then they know themselves better than than you do. That was that harsh. Can y'all help me on Facebook Live? I've got a lot of people who are joining for the first time. And 
Yeah, Latricia Evans says that he needs to fast too. So Latricia thinks that you should take a minute and really wait on God. I totally, totally agree. Like if someone is saying, I'm not ready, no matter how ready we think they are, no matter how much we think that our love can inspire them to change and grow, I think that there's something to saying because you aren't ready, I want to slow things down and I want us to be on the same page and in agreement with how we move forward in this relationship. Bianca Davis says she's not ready. Could I mean, child, child, listen now. <laughs> if she says she ain't ready, we just going to have to take her for her word. You know, you may think that she is, but if she says she isn't, listen, because you want, when you get married, listen, when you get married, you want to be married to someone who said, I was ready for this because marriage is difficult. Marriage is difficult when two people are ready and know exactly what they're signing up for. So you don't want there to be any room for doubt, any crack from the enemy or negativity or insecurity to widen and widen and widen until your marriage has all of these, you know, nicks and, and bruises in it. I believe that you should wait until they're both ready. Latoya Chapman says she needs healing. It's going to take both of you to be whole to make marriage work. Latoya, can we send you an offering, Latoya, via PayPal? Because you just preached a word. It takes two whole people to make marriage work. And of course, we know that broken people end up in marriage all of the time. But just because you end up in a broken marriage doesn't mean that you can't become whole within that marriage. I think wholeness really helps you to understand how to love someone properly, how to forgive, how to receive forgiveness, how to apologize. It takes wholeness. Sometimes being a friend helps more than trying to be... Heather... Heather, you preaching too. Pre Heather said that sometimes being a friend means more than being a partner. I had to say lie for that on a minute. Yeah, Bianca Davis said it would be self-sabotage if you force it for sure. So it seems like we have all chimed in on this situation. And it seems like as much as you love her, that you two are going to have to come to a position where you're willing to let her go so that she can grow into who God has called her to be and, and into that Proverbs 31 woman um, who can be a blessing to you and to your family and to your life. Because if she says she's not ready to fully step into that, then I think that you have to trust her for her word. Yes. Erica told me I wasn't being harsh. I appreciate that. Sometimes I can just be like totally me and that can come off. I, sometimes I say exactly what I mean. Does anyone have that problem? Like I try to not say it exactly how I mean, but what had happened was like I don't be having the sugar to coat things properly. So I don't be able to like really say it in a way that's always soothing. But it's always from the heart and I always have the best of intentions. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, she, you know, he needs to wait. She's being honest. Take it slow and keep building her up. That's a great point, Natasha. Keep building her up. People flourish when they feel supported. That is so, so true. So true. Okay. So just to run down again, we have rescued, we tried to rescue Eve. We failed this episode, but next episode, we're going to rescue Eve. We uh, threw up some love to Oprah, and we had a few honorable mentions in Serena Williams and Danny Garcia. We helped a few people who have slid into my DMs, and now my podcast is coming to an end. So this is the last little part of this podcast that I 
want to share with you. And it's just a quick message. It's, it's a snack. It's not a full meal. It's a snack. If you want a full meal, I encourage you to go to the Potter's House at 1 LA uh, podcast and listen to my husband's message, Rules of Engagement. Or you can go on YouTube and listen to my message from the Potter's House of Denver on Sunday called Chain Reaction. But I did want to leave you with a word of wisdom, some encouragement, hopefully, as you begin your 2018. And that encouragement is progress doesn't come without change and change can be awkward and uncomfortable, but it is necessary that you see whatever your change is from the finish line and not from the process. I'm going to say that again because I want it to really sink in into your spirit before we end our time together. Progress doesn't come without change and change can be awkward and uncomfortable. So our goal is to see our change from the finish line and not from the process. That's how I felt today in the gym when I was broken down and just out of breath. And my heart was racing so fast that I didn't think I was going to make it. I reminded myself that I would feel all right if I lost 10 pounds. I would feel excellent if I lost 15 pounds. So though I was in the moment and I was struggling and I was worried about how it looked to other people and I was relieved that nobody was in there <laughs> filming me uh, or with the ability to judge me, um, I thought about what my goals are. And when you keep the finish line in mind, it helps you to undergo the, the stress, the awkwardness, and the uncomfortable nature of the process. So what brought this along is I was just thinking about you and where you are in your life and some of the decisions that you are committing to as we begin 2018. And as I was thinking about you, I wanted you to know that there are some God ideas that are down on the inside of you. And God ideas, they're, they're not small, right? They're big ideas. And as we water them and nourish and nurture them, those ideas, they bloom and they grow and they become babies. And then we birth them and they change our life and change our environment. So what I'm saying to you is that as those ideas that God has placed on your heart for 2018 begin to grow on the inside of you, that it may not always be comfortable for you or for the people around you. You know, some of you may be challenging yourself to be a better wife. And part of being a better wife may mean, you know, we have to be more patient and we have to filter our words and we have to think more before we think. And that may be awkward. And honestly, it might feel a little inauthentic to who you are. But when you know that your finish line is a healthy marriage, is a supportive wife or a supportive husband, then you're able to undergo the awkwardness, the uncomfortableness of what that change is doing on the inside of you. So it is my prayer in this season uh, as you begin to pursue degrees and children are beginning to grow and the role that you play in their, in their life changes. And as your marriage begins to become even stronger and tighter, as you begin to love yourself and maybe cut off toxic friendships and relationships, or even moving out of corporate environments and into being an entrepreneur, that you recognize that the awkward uncomfortableness is a part of the process as well. 
And in those moments where you feel stressed and stretched and maybe even begin to question yourself, ask yourself, am I going to question this decision when I make it to the finish line? Am I going to question when I make it to the finish line uh, whether or not I should have eaten that cookie? Or am I going to know when I am 15 pounds lighter, I'm preaching to myself, can I get an amen? When, am I going to question when I'm at the fin- finish line whether or not the Chick-fil-A was worth it? In the moment, I may want to. I have a problem with Chick-fil-A. I've named them like a thousand times in this podcast. But when I make decisions from the finish line, then it changes how I deal with the middle ground. Oh, that was a word. I didn't even write that thing down. Did y'all do that? Okay, listen. When I make decisions from the finish line, it changes how I deal with the middle ground. Mm. I'm clapping for myself on the inside. I'm going to make decisions in 2018 as much as I can from the finish line. I want to make it from the make those choices and decisions from what I want my ultimate goal to be and not from the struggle that exists in the middle ground when I'm in the process. And so I want to join you on that journey of making decisions from the finish line. And I hope that as we continue to meet on this podcast each and every week, that we will be able to to grow together, to share our experiences. Listen, of course, we know that we're not always going to get everything right and that there will be moments where we really need one another to support and encourage each other into, in keeping it going and keeping up our progress. But it is my prayer that this will become a safe place for all of us to come share our wounds, our experiences, our lessons, and the grace of God that we see uh, moving and changing and evolving who we are. So before I close, I would be disingenuous to who I am if I did not at least offer up a prayer for you whether you are on Facebook Live or watching from, or listening rather, from the podcast. So God, I thank you. I thank you for the person who's listening to this prayer right now. I thank you for every step that they've taken that have led them to this moment in their life. I recognize that the road may not have been easy. As a matter of fact, for some, it may have been really, really challenging And yet still you created this opportunity for us to all come together. God, I ask that you continue to reveal your plan for their life. That as they begin to seek you and to seek wholeness and to seek grace, that you would awaken passion down on the inside of them. That you would stir up the gifts that you place on the inside of them. And that they would become the change that they want to see in this world. God, help us to stop waiting for this one moment where our life will completely change. God, help us to stop waiting for someone who's going to come and rescue us and instead to recognize that we've already been rescued through you, that our breath is a promise that we still have another chance. And because we have another chance, that we are equipped to get into the game of life and to win. Help us to recognize that the fight is fixed. And because the fight is fixed, all we have to do is keep our head in it. Thank you for what you're going to do in our lives as we continue to come together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Ciao. That 
was my very first podcast and I think I love it. So (laughs) bear with me as I get the kinks out and as I learn, but know that I am committed to growing and evolving with you. If you haven't already, visit womanevolve.com and learn about how we can take this podcast and turn it into a real life party in Denver, Colorado, July 13th through the 14th. I can't wait to see you there. Bye.